Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading App. Today is January the 10th, and we are here in the Bible Reading App, reading one chapter at a time. So here we go, jumping today into Luke chapter 8. Follow along in the New International Version, and in the end, I'll give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. Here we go, Luke 8. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing, they may not see though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, They put it on a stand, so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. But they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to see you. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. 
He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, but no one could heal her. Jesus came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. 
When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. This concludes Luke chapter 8. Let me give you a couple of quick thoughts before we end our time together. Okay, so one of these great stories in the book of Luke, which by the way, remember how he found out these stories. He interviewed people and heard their firsthand accounts. So Luke is writing something that he was told by all these other people. Okay, so I kind of think that one of the people Luke talked to for this story was one of the people who had witnessed the demons come out of this man and go into the pigs. I think this because when you read verses 34 through 37, Luke kind of takes the perspective as someone who's following this crowd from in the town. So they had just been told by one of the witnesses, and now they're going back to Jesus. And when they get there, they all see this man sitting at Jesus' feet. But I also think this person that witnessed it was from that town or had lived somewhere in the region of the Gerasenes. Because Luke has some information in verse 27 that only somebody there could have known. It says, when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. Only somebody from that area would have known this about this man. They would have had this information that they shared with Luke. Imagine that person telling the story. Hey, so Luke, there was this guy who used to always run around naked and do the craziest things. Well, he's down by the tomb one day and Jesus gets out of a boat and casts the demon out of this man into the pigs. But the piece that Luke tells us in verse 29 to me is the most important part of all of it. It says that for Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. But listen to this next part. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Again, this is information that Luke has heard from somebody and is reporting it back to us. That's how Luke tells us he starts his gospel. He has investigated all things and is just reporting back to us what he has learned. So here's what other people are witnessing about this man, that he's demon-possessed, and that demon possession drives him to solitary places. This is an important thing for us to notice. You ever notice that when somebody is down or when somebody is frustrated or has something major taking place in their life, where can we find them? Well, that's just it. We usually can't find them. Why? Because for some reason, they get driven into solitary places. And here, the whole town knows this and has seen this. Yet, the man is by himself in the tombs. I think that's something important for us to remember. That sometimes people are alone because they've allowed themselves to be isolated. Do you know the enemy would love to isolate all of us? Because if he can isolate us, 
He could control our mind and our thoughts and our feelings. So if you see someone who is being isolated, if you see someone who is going alone, I don't mean they're demon-possessed by any means at all, but you should probably check in on them because the enemy would love to do nothing more than make you feel so alone that you allow yourself to be driven into isolation. Because once you're in isolation, you can be controlled. So this man, naked, not living in any real house, is out there on his own, and Jesus sees him and sets him free. Because that's Jesus' heart, that those who feel the most isolated or like they don't belong would understand freedom at any cost. Okay, we move from that story to another really good story. And if you remember what I said about the way Luke wrote his gospel, he does something called gender pairing. This is where he takes a male story and instantly contrasts that with the story about a female. And if you look deeply into these stories, they are stories of people that have power and prestige, and it's contrasted with a woman, which should make you stop and think, why is Luke telling us this this way? By the way, if you remember what happened at the beginning of this chapter, he started by talking about those who were supporting this ministry. I'll get back to that in just a moment. But first, let's look at what is happening. Jairus, this is a man of power. He is a synagogue leader and someone of importance. He came to Jesus and fell at his feet, pleading with him to come to his house. He had a 12-year-old daughter who was dying. It says in verse 42 that as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. Okay, picture what that means. This is a mob. This is a group of people pressing in so close to Jesus, he can hardly even walk without being pushed around. Yet what happens next? A woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years crawls in and touches the edge of his cloak. What's that mean? She's literally touching the hem of his garment down by his feet. Okay, remember, it's a crowd. It's crushing him. It's pushing against him. And this woman crawls in and pushes her way through just to touch the hem of his garment. Why? Because she knows that she'll be healed if she just reaches out and touches him. So now Jesus is on his way to this prestigious man's house and a woman reaches in and touches him. A couple things you need to know here. Since she is suffering from a blood disease, by culture, that would have made her unclean. That means anyone who touched her as she crawled through and pushed against the people that were pushing against Jesus, they, in turn, would have been unclean too, including Jesus, whom she touched. He would have been considered unclean also. So by Jesus stopping and admitting that she has been healed, this is assuring everybody right there that they're okay. Even though this woman is unclean because she's been bleeding for 12 years, she has been made whole simply by touching Jesus. Well, here's the interesting thing. Jesus stops in the middle of this crowd and acknowledges it. Imagine Jairus. He's pleading for Jesus to come to his house, and it's a hurry. He's, come with me now, because my daughter is dying. But Jesus stops and addresses the situation. And when nobody says anything, when he says, who touched me? 
but nobody says anything, the disciples are kind of trying to speed this along. They're like, Jesus, there's so many people here, you couldn't possibly know if somebody touched you. But Jesus is making this a big deal. Why is Luke telling us this? Because again, he's contrasting this gender role. Here is Jairus, a male synagogue leader who has asked Jesus to come to his house. And Jesus is stopping and taking the time to recognize a female who was unclean at the time. And he's making sure that people stop and notice her and get to see her. Now, it's interesting that Jairus' daughter is only 12 years old. The entire life of this child, this woman has been bleeding. Luke is showing us the importance that Jesus places on this woman who everybody else would have cast away. In fact, there's just as much importance on this woman as there is on this 12-year-old child of this synagogue leader. Luke is showing us that Jesus took time even for this woman. Which brings me back to the beginning of this chapter where Luke tells us of all these women who were helping Jesus and traveling with him. And the best part we see in Luke chapter 1 verse 3, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Luke is taking these big measures to remind us that Jesus made time for women. No, that's not some sort of perverted thing or weird thing. It was a countercultural, equality-affirming measure to show that women, men, all people, even this young child who's 12 years old, deserve to have the presence of Jesus in their life and have the honor and dignity of working together in the gospel message. So today, I think you and I should have that same understanding. That God has called all people, male, female, child, or adult. He has called us all to be part of this beautiful gospel message. Because remember, the most important part of the gospel message, Luke tells us this in chapters 4 through 8, it's not about the person doing the work. It's about the seed itself. And what is the seed? It's the actual gospel message. You and I get the chance to carry the gospel message to other people. That's all we do is we carry the gospel. God's plan is that all people would have the gospel delivered to them. So he doesn't care if it's a male that brings it or a female or a child or an adult. What he cares is that all people get the chance to understand the goodness of God. So wherever you go, whatever you do, whoever you are, Know that God loves you. He has made a way for you to be with him. And his desire is to use you to show other people how good he really is. So do whatever it takes to represent God in a way that honors him and shows his love to the world around you. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. (music) 